You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. Thank you, as always, for joining us. The Phillies have moved on past the wild card round, sweeping the St. Louis Cardinals. Ripping their still beating hearts out of their chests, especially in game one, with a dramatic, dramatic, dramatic come from behind victory, ripping victory out of the jaws of defeat. And then in game two, getting ahead and never looking back, shutting out the Cardinals to nothing with pitching, incredible pitching from Aaron Nola, Sir Anthony, Jose Alvarado. And Zach Eflin closed it out, and it seems like that's been the uh, trifecta of pitchers that they're going to have to count on, especially now with the news that they've lost David Robertson for this round of the playoffs, straining his calf while celebrating the Bryce Harper home run in the second inning, which is, as I, I tweeted this out, some of the most old man shit I've ever seen in my life or heard of in my life to hurt yourself celebrating. But it's just, you know, it's just this is another roadblock the Phils are going to have to bounce back from. They've lost guys like Knabel. They've now lost to David Robertson. The bullpen continues to take, you know, shot after shot after shot. And now, you know, the, the longer these series get and the later they get into this thing, they're going to need these guys. They're going to they're going to they're going to need some of these guys in the bullpen that they've been counting on all season, you know. The 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 Connor Brogdons and all those different names that you've heard of that you get real nervous and uh, antsy when they come out of the pen. I think at a certain point you're going to need them. So, game. Let's just get into the uh, the the games from this past weekend. Friday they get uh, you know game one Zach Wheeler against Jose uh, Quintana. It was a it was a solid solid pitching performance from both of them, especially from Wheeler. I mean Wheeler I think went six and a third or six and two thirds. He was throwing high nineties, ninety seven. It seemed like all day long, painting it wherever he wanted to. I mean. There's not much more you can say other than the fact that he was just dominant. And he only gave up two hits the entire time, one walk. So you saw three base runners the entire game while Zach Wheeler was pitching. And then Alvarado comes in the game. He gives up a home run to Yepes, who comes off the bench as a pinch hitter. He hit one a 1,000 feet into the air. And it, it just—it seemed like it literally was in the sky for a million, a million years, and it lands in the left field seats. Uh, le- not even the left field seats. It lands like right, right over the fence, and that gives the Cardinals the two-run lead in the bottom of the seventh. And that seemed like at, at that point in the game, we haven't been able to get any hits, really, any sort of offense going. It seemed like we only had two or three base runners the entire game. That seemed like an insurmountable lead, and, and you know, like like I said, bottom of the seventh, we only have six at bats left to go, or, or six outs, I should say. It just seemed like we all right, like that's that's just how this is going to go. The offense is going to get blanked, and we we are just going to be 
we're going to be down 1-0. You know, like that's at that at that time when the home run happened, and then you're going in the eighth, and it doesn't seem like we're going to put up much of a fight, uh, if at all. It just didn't. It didn't seem like it was in the cards, especially on Friday. It was just you know the, those negative, we suck feelings, started to creep in a little bit. And if they didn't for you, you're a better man than I am, uh, truly. But from what I've seen this year, uh, in multiple occasions, I know that they they showed fight at times, and they they were not not the same rollover and die team, but. We, we we talked about it, you know, there was just times where this offense would go stagnant, would forget how to hit, would not really produce as much as we necessarily needed to or wanted them to, and it would just cause them to lose games throughout the regular season, especially when they were up against, you know, some good pitching, and even when we would get good pitching, we would lose these close games, because there's just not much we could do to uh, counteract what was going on with them, you know? So, then we go to the ninth inning. All right, we eventually we get there to the ninth inning. We bring Robertson in in the eighth, and he shuts the door, uh, which he looked great. That's kind of what uh, sucks about losing him for the you know at least for this round of the playoffs. It's just yeah, he did he did it looked awesome in that uh, in that in that appearance on uh, Friday, and then we go to the ninth, and Hoskins comes up. He strikes out, so there's one out. We're still down two nothing. And Real Muto bloops a single in the left field. So you're like, okay, you know, like, all right, you know, this uh, Ryan Helsey's on the mound. He had uh, been dealing with that finger that we had talked about, uh, or at least I talked about here on, on this on this podcast last week. And he had the jam finger from, I, I think, uh, it was there was a broken bat and the ball hit him or something. I didn't see the actual video, but they were talking about it on the, uh, on the broadcast. And he just completely forgets how to pitch. Now he had, I think he had already gotten three guys out, so like he was at his quota, I guess, and he hadn't pitched in a week or whatnot. But he just completely lost control of the strike zone and just was he he had no control and he had no idea where that thing was going whatsoever. So he walks Harper, he walks Castellanos, and then he beams Boom with a hundred and one mile per hour. <laughs> Fucking heater, right on, right on his bicep upper arm, and that walks in a run. So now it's two one, Cardinals lead, but the bases are loaded. You got Segura coming up, who is a great contact hitter. He's gonna put it in place. So you're hoping maybe if you're the Cardinals, he could roll them, roll it into a double play of some sort. Uh, you know, Helsey looked a little bit more competitive in this at bat than he had. In the previous ones, he threw. He, he was finding the strike. He found the strike zone once, but then he got Segura to chase on a slider that was like low and outside in the dirt, pretty much. And then he threw it again to him. And since I am a man of the people and a, a man that you all love and adore, I'll play the Scott Fransky call of Gene Segura giving the Phillies the lead and stunning the Cardinals and and, and literally r- ripping that beating heart out of their chest. Here it is, Scott Fransky on Friday afternoon calling the calling the most important at bat of the Philadelphia Phillies season. Gene Segura, one foot still in the box. Takes a deep breath, looks out at Polante. He's got the count even now. Two balls, two strikes. Outfield pretty shallow all the way around. Right hater comes set. He kicks in the 2-2. 
Swing and a ground ball right side. It's under the glove with eight minutes in the right. The game is tied. Here comes Castellanos. He'll score. And the Phillies lead it in the ninth. Gene Segura has come through. And the Phillies have scored three times to take the lead on the Cardinals. Dead silence. Not much else to say. He waited over 1,300 games for that moment. And Gene Segura with a two-run single to right has put the Phillies on top. Only fitting for the guy that spent so much time playing without a post. Oh. Yep. That's what it's all about, Not to dude. be done yet. Here's that is what it's all about. Uh, <clears throat> there's nothing like having... Uh, Larry Anderson back on the call, especially during the playoffs, getting jacked up for these big, big, big time moments. Uh, I mean, Gene Segura, get that ball gets under the second baseman's glove as he's going down first base. He's jumping for joy and goes around first and fires a huge fist pump. And the boy, I mean, that's just that. That was the biggest moment of the season, man. That's like the season could have. Flipped very easily the other way. Had that had this moment or this game not gone their way, or they weren't able to turn this thing on a dime and, and flip what was happening like this, going down one zero, getting shut out. It, it, it's it, having to win two games in a row in order to advance. Using another pitcher that you really wouldn't have, you know, didn't want to or really shouldn't have had to use. It would have definitely changed the momentum of of how the how we feel about this Phillies. Even if they had, we're, we're able to turn it around. You know, if you got to throw Suarez in that game three, and then we come around on Tuesday, who are they going to throw? You're going to throw Bailey Falter, Syndergaard. You know, you're not really feeling as good about that. So now you can go Suarez. You can throw Wheeler in game two, and then you can throw Nola in game three. You kind of still have a fighting chance. You know, you're obviously you know we we, we talked about it. The Braves are no joke, man. I I didn't want to play the Braves. I, I, especially if it, when it was in the in the wild card, even a three game situation, I no one wants to play the Braves. But we're at a point in the season where you are going to have to beat the best teams in the league. You know, it's either this or the Dodgers. I don't really want to play either one of those teams, but we're here, man. We've earned our spot in the in this situation, so we're going to have to play them. But my before we even get there, we had to win game two. But winning game one was huge. It come that. Completely snatched the momentum from the Cardinals, stole their souls, and they had nothing the next night. That's that's essentially what what happened. They were not the same team when they showed up the next day, and they didn't really have much for us in Game One. But at least they were they were you know it seemed like they were in the game and they had life. They didn't seem like they had life on on Saturday night, and that can that that happens when you have. Two elite, elite pitchers at the top of your rotation. When you're able to throw guys like Wheeler and Nola out there, and their their shit is on. It's different if they're throwing and, and Nola can't spot this or spot that, and he's hanging curveballs and he's walking people, and, and you know he's just let letting shit happen. The dudes are hitting balls hard off of him. He gave that up that double to lead off the game, and then from there on out, he was uh, elite. He was on fire. It was one of those pitching performances where you didn't need much help. And all you needed was someone to take control of what was going on, how this shit was going to go, put their stamp, put their name on this game, 
And that name was Bryce Harper. And in a big way, he comes up in that second inning and lets everyone know what's going to happen. And took the walk. Oh. Ellen's driven deep to right field. Smoke there it goes. See ya. A long home run for Harper. It is one nothing Phillies. And that, that dude, 435 feet into the right field seats. Bryce Harper gives the Phillies a one nothing lead. Later on in the game, Bohm hits a double that they're able to work him home. And that was it. The, the rest of the night was essentially pitching. Uh, the, the bullpen and starters having to work out of trouble. But the Phillies just took care of business. I feel like I'm kind of jumping around. I didn't even go back and, and talk about how the Phillies, after that, Segura weren't even done yet. They got more runs. You know, Topper putting in Sosa for Bohm to then come in and score that fourth run. And then Segura coming home and, and score. You know, Arenado completely blowing an easy, easy play at third base. That, well, not, not, and I shouldn't necessarily say easy, but a play that a guy like him who's won like eight, nine gold gloves would, would easily make the play. And he just didn't, just completely went right under his glove. You know, and that, that stock going down to uh, Goldschmidt, him making a diving play, not stepping on first, standing up and trying to get Sosa at home, but Sosa slides in, gets his hand in there. It, it just was it was so perfect and picturesque. The boys down in the dugout were going nuts, and rightfully so. I mean, they, they like, that's a game that they just had no business winning, it seemed like, for about eight and a half innings. And out of nowhere, they just come in and, and just do what exactly what needed to be done. And they just, it, it was just, it, it true. Like, I, I don't say this lately, man. That was one of the best moments I've had watching sports in a while, in a long time. Like almost probably since the Super Bowl, where I, I had that, that jubilation and that just, that joy, like that little kid Christmas joy of watching a, a, a sports team uh, do something. Now, uh, my, my shit's a little different. Because I, you know, I, I try, you know, I, I go all around, but the the different things I can think of off the spot: Notre Dame beating Clemson. Okay, that that was the first time that Notre Dame had won a big game, and I had heard a lot of shit from that. All right, my man, when McGregor came back and beat Cowboy Cerrone, now that the win doesn't look as great now, but at the time, uh, it was very, it was a very intense uh, moment, and I would say. I mean, even even Joel hitting that shot against Toronto this year, that was big, but that was still only the first round. I still had those negative, well, we got to do it in the second round. We got to keep going. But that was just where I was like, wow, I can't believe this happened. And the Super Bowl. That's, you know, that <laughs> that's it. That's where, that's, that, that's the, in the last like five years, that's, that's, that's the list. So for the Phillies to go and do that, man, it just was, it was so incredible and, and exciting. And I just, I can't wait for today. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. I can't wait for the game today. I really can't, man. It's going to be awesome to just sit and, and watch our Phillies compete. And listen, anything can happen. That, that's that's what the the motto and the, the mentality should be from everyone. Uh, you know, obviously the fans are going to think that, but the, the team, like anything can happen. We can. All we got to do is go out there and hit. They're going to have Max Freed pitching today. And I don't know who they're going to have pitched tomorrow. It should be Spencer Strider, but I believe he's injured. 
So let me find that out. Looks like they have Kyle Wright. So, I mean, uh, the Phillies have not been able to touch Spencer Strider this whole this whole season. Anytime they've been matched up against him, they have not been able to do anything. So, yeah, that's one thing that's already working out for the Phil so far. All right, and I think we very much can compete with these guys given the fact that they don't have Spencer Strider and given the fact that we have shown that we are very much capable and worthy of our spot here in these playoffs. Uh, I'd like to see the odds for the playoff series. I told you last series that we were going to win. I, d- I did. I said this is a good bet. We were plus 108. We were just tied with the Rays. I thought. I mean, the Rays put up a good fight. They were in extras for 15, 16 innings uh, on Saturday afternoon. As I look at it right now, the Phils are plus 164 before this first game has started to advance past the Atlanta Braves. That is an interesting uh, line, I would say. It's, I mean, you look at some of these other ones. The Mariners are plus 194 against the Astros. The Guardians are plus 182. Uh, you know, and then the, the Padres are plus 194. So we're obviously the closest. You know, we, we're the lowest odds again. So we've been getting respect from Vegas this whole time, and rightfully so. We have a star-studded lineup. We have two elite starting pitchers, and we have a solid enough bullpen at the back end that can get us through some of these games. So... We have everything there. I think the big thing here is that offense is going to need to step up a little bit more than it has early on in that series and in those games. I mean, two runs on Saturday night was enough, and the six runs in the ninth, which is the most runs they've ever scored in one inning, I think, in the playoffs in their in their franchise history, which is insane. Uh, you, you know, those are kind of freak. You know, especially game one was a freak uh, event. It was a, it was a crazy, crazy event. They're going to need more than that. They're going to need to, you know, it's going to be hard. My point is it's going to be hard to replicate how how that went down or how that happened. And I just hope, I I really think, I think the Phillies win this in four games. There's my official prediction. I think uh, if they win today, that this series, that that the Braves are going to be cooked. Because if we can go Nola, if we can go Wheeler and then we throw Nola in Philly, it's about party over, but I am not going to keep this too long. I just wanted a little twenty-minute update to let everyone know how we're feeling and how the felt like how we're going into this series. Uh, I will do another Eagles uh, football sort of episode, or I might. I think I might even combine the Eagles with a game one breakdown. But I don't want to just you know. I wanted to just do the Cardinals wrap up Braves preview by itself. So there you go, episode ninety-seven. It's a little mini one, a little appetizer. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, go Phils. Go Phils, go Phils, go Phils. Uh, go Phils. Hey, did I mention go Phils? So that's all I care about right now. Uh, God bless everyone. And uh, and I don't care if they're the Braves. I don't care if they are the defending champions. We're the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay? Last time we played these guys was in 1993 and we cooked them. Alright? That was a team of destiny, a team that came out of nowhere. This team is a team of destiny. This is going to be a team that came out of nowhere. They spent a lot of money. They kind of, it didn't work out in the beginning, but now they have showed you. With Topper at the helm, with with Wheeler and Nola pitching at, at an elite level, they're going to get the Max Freed today. They're going to get the Kyle Wright tomorrow. 
They're gonna they're gonna break that jinx of not being able to play well in the afternoon, and they are going to stun the baseball world. and They are going to stun the Atlanta Braves. Uh, shout out to all my Braves fans out there. You suck. I, I hate you this week. And uh, enjoy the series. Enjoy the baseball. God bless.